Welcome to the Home Medic. You're listening to the series on the electrical system in your home. Welcome back to the Home Medic, where we help you keep your money in your wallet and your family out of the morgue. Great to be here. Heidi Hansen, the unspeakably talented guest. Well, I'm so glad to be here. I learn from you every week. Every week. At least one thing, even if it's... How to get my hair curled. I don't know anything at all about curling <laughs> your hair. No, but, th- but if you don't have power, you don't have curled hair. So. That's true. <laughs> So we were talking about curling hair, and I kind of don't have any of that. If, if my hair curls, it's for a totally different reason. You've got the cute wife, though, so you've got to keep those outlets working for her. That right? is true. So we're going to talk about curling hair and what happens when you've got a set of electrical conditions that result in nobody's hair getting curled. Yeah, bad hair days for my wife are never good days for me. No, no. If women are feeling good about themselves, they're a lot nicer, right? <laughs> Keep that power on. (laughs) So I want to talk this segment about your breaker box. You know, again, for me, the first thought is, man, that's a boring subject. But you've got good stuff in here that we're going to teach you that's going to make you much better at maintaining your home and avoiding those bad hair days. Yeah. That's worth listening to this podcast, wouldn't you say? There's nothing more frustrating than getting up to get ready in the morning and you're short on time and all of a sudden... Oops, I can't get the blow dryer to work. I can't get the curling iron to work. Where am I going to plug it in? <laughs> Running all around the house trying to find an outlet that works. Yeah, and then you got to do the extension cord thing. Exactly. So let's say that you have a breaker box in your house. That usually happens when you've got an electrical system in your house. Yeah. And that usually happens when you've got a house. But I've tried flipping that. I've tried literally putting the cord in the outlet, running out to the breaker box, looking to see if there's a flip thing on the breaker box, and there isn't, and the outlet still isn't working. Can you help me with that, Garth? Yes. So in many cases, if you have a breaker at the breaker box that has popped, it doesn't pop all the way off. It pops to a middle position. Oh. So in order to turn things back on, you have to actually go looking for that middle position. Sometimes it's not obvious, but in order to turn it back on, you've got to go it from the middle position to off and then back to full on. Interesting. And as well, sometimes you'll have a GFCI breaker, and for those, you have to reset that breaker. Sometimes that's a push button, actually, at the breaker box. Yeah, I'm familiar with that, because I have done this many times. You just take the end of the the outlet prongs and use that as the reset button, and it, it helps push that in there without breaking your fingernails off. Yeah, that's another one of those problems I don't have. <laughs> Much better to be a guy. Good tip for the women. Now, what I'm about to tell you requires that you take the cover off the breaker box. This is something that a regular homeowner should never do because if you touch the wrong set of things in there, you are dead. Ah. And so, you know, it kind of goes into the category of keeping yourself out of the morgue in in the hospital. And it basically, the bottom line is if you're not 
already good to go on that sort of thing. If you already don't have the training, then stay away and stay alive. Stay alive. But what you can do is that you can use the information that I'm about to give you so that when somebody else takes the breaker box off and they're looking, you can look as well. Keep your hands away. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a home inspector, I'll, I've got my hands all over inside those wires. And the next thing I know, my client who is standing next to me, he's got wires uh, in his hands and I feel like tackling him. And he reaches out and he's like, what's that? Yeah. And you're like, oh, stop. Yeah. So I, what I'm about to tell you comes with a lot of caveats, but just be careful in there. As a home inspector, one of the things I'm looking for inside a breaker box is what's called double taps. And a double tap is two wires into one breaker. Mm, Sometimes in the older breaker systems, I will actually see up to three taps into one breaker. Is that safe? Uh, No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's the easy answer. The harder answer is that let's say you've got a 15 amp breaker. It can handle six to nine lights and plugs. So if you've got a double tap where you've got maybe three on one side and four on the other, you should be good. Okay. On the other hand, what usually happens is somebody will run maybe an eight-leg circuit into one of the bedrooms or whatever, and then Joe homeowner finishes the basement or he's got a shed in the backyard, whatever it is, and then he says, okay, I need to run power to these, and then he just runs another wire into an existing already fully loaded circuit. So the bedroom's close to the shed, and they decide to use the same power source. Right. Okay. So now you have a heavily overloaded system and you've got problems. What about those multiple plugs? You know, like the power surge strips where you've got the computer and the printer and the phone and the whatever else. Is that safe? Gotta love technology, right? Yeah. The good news with computers and modems and displays is they don't cause a lot of heat. Okay. And heat really is your primary measurement of how much juice you're pulling. All right. Obviously, I'm at a computer now. We've got speakers attached. We've got sound equipment attached. It is all plugged into one electrical plug, and I can get away with that because none of it really pulls a lot of juice. And we're still recording. And we are. (laughs) If the breaker box is off, I want you to take a look and just see if there's any double taps. Usually, they happen in the garbage can location, which is the lower left and lower right-hand corners. In addition, if you've got a home that was built in the 70s, Back then, we had shortages of all kinds of things, and one of them was copper. Oh, interesting. So some dope had a grand idea. They decided to start using aluminum wiring. Ah. And the smaller gauge wiring, uh, which I'm going to back up a little bit, and I'm going to say that the larger gauge wiring can be okay and is still used but under certain conditions. The smaller gauge wiring is a problem and needs to be assessed by an electrician. So if you've got that home that was built in the late 70s and you've got aluminum wiring, that is a big nasty issue. I found that in an inspection I did yesterday. Really? And that is on the level of meth and mold and structural issues. Really? Yeah, so that one you want to pay attention to. It can be a little bit tricky because there's a wiring material called tin-clad copper, which looks kind of, sort of similar, but that stuff is okay. Okay. So if you think you've got that, call an electrician. He'll know better. Age of the system. If you've got a breaker box, again, the system was built in 1945. 
Right. That thing is old. It's outdated. It was designed for an electrical demand that didn't include basically anything that we're doing anymore. It, you know, it wasn't designed for electric clothes dryers. They did the poles back then. You yeah. Know, the Hanging on the clothesline. Yeah. It wasn't designed for hair dryers. I don't know how they dry oh, their hair back just then. Just air dry or wrap yeah. it in little sheets and tie, you know, make curls like Same that. Same way I do mine nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, if you've got basically any of those newer demand items on an older system, that's going to make your red flag go up for that sort of an issue I want you to be aware of. So when somebody has that, do they need to pretty much pull all the wiring out of their walls? Pull it out? Probably not. Abandon? Maybe. And it depends a lot on what size and gauge and how many splices have been done. So that's going to be something for a trusted electrician to advise you on. Trusted being a key word, because in my experience, frankly, a lot of those guys belong in jail. Yeah. They will tell you what they think is going to result in the biggest bill for them, as opposed to... Or what they're capable of doing, right. you know, if they're limited in their capabilities, right? right? True. So you'll want to make sure that you trust whoever, or at least talk to a few different guys and see if you can get a consensus on what may be the case. If you've got the breaker box on the outside, and that happens quite often, what I will do during a home inspection is I will tell my client, look, you know, back in the day when I was a kid, we used to do what we called power boxing people. What is that? That's where you go turn off the power. Oh, wow, Garth. I I just pictured you being such a sweet youth. Yeah, well, I... (laughs) Tormenting the neighbors. (laughs) I was dragged along doing this uh, by my cousin who thought it was awesome. So it was just peer pressure. You were only guilty of caving into peer pressure. (laughs) It was still a guilty party. But in addition to being able to power box somebody at their main box, if you've got your breaker box on the exterior individual lines can be turned off Mm. and it doesn't take a lot of imagination before you can understand how that could be used against you (laughs) so then people say well i all right i'll put a lock on my main box and my breaker box outside and then that becomes a problem because if you need to get out of the house quickly maybe you've got an electrical fire you need to turn things off quickly and you got a lock on there that lock will be 100 miles away by the time you need to, you know, the key yeah, to that lock will yeah. be far away. And so that doesn't really work either. So I want those sorts of things to be on your radar as you're thinking about a breaker box that may be on the outside of your house. You know what? We need to wrap this one up and we'll go more. The joys of doing stuff impromptu. Hopefully it sounds like that to you. So, Heidi... We'll, par- we're looking forward to part two. Yeah, I'm, uh, I was going to say you're the man, but that just would not I'm, be the case. I'm the woman. You're the, the woman. <laughs> WomanicUSA.com, and we'll be right back with part two.